Welcome everyone to Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon, and I'll be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be having on a special guest, Eleni Fuaxis. And she's going to be an author, a motivational speaker. She does many things with emotional and helping people get into a different state of mind. And as a mindset coach, that is what I look for, especially in a guest. How can my guest bring about a certain amount of wisdom, a certain amount of knowledge to you? And we do that in today's episode. As always, if you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and to share this video and or audio with your friends, your family, anyone who can benefit from a mindset shift. What Eleni and I talk about is more than just mindset. It's livelihood because many of us are going to be going through some of the things that we talk about. Maybe we have already went through those things that we talk about. And we have to understand that just because we went through it doesn't mean we healed from it or We think we're equipped to handle it, but when it comes, we find out that we weren't equipped. So here in Coaching a Session, it's kind of like we're giving you an arsenal of tools for you to utilize when something bad happens in your life or if something good happens in your life. We equip you for any situation in every situation. That is going to help you come out on the other end better. Regardless of what it is, we want you to be better. And there's so many aspects to mindset where it's more than just okay, well, I got a mindset coach and my mind shifts, or I read a personal development blog and my mind shifts, or I did this amount of work and my mind shifts. Sometimes it takes a whole rewiring of the brain. And I wrote a blog, Neuroplasticity, that talks about that. But going through those hardships and then experiencing trauma and experiencing growth is something that we have to pay attention to. So let's get into that interview with Eleni and myself and start to learn how to grow and prosper. Welcome, Eleni Fuaxis, to Coaching Session. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So I have you on as an educator, an author, and a motivational speaker. You do so much for the world to make it a better place. And besides the education part and the motivational speaking part and then writing books, you do so much. And one of the things you focus on is helping people get out of their comfort zone and to follow their gut. And I find that right now we're having that type of issue in our society. So that's why I wanted to have you on. So if you can, can you explain a little bit more in depth of what you do and the work you do? Absolutely. First of all, I have made a major career change and pivot, and I found that that is really resonating with people, especially coming out of COVID. A lot of adults and children obviously were home and had the opportunity, especially adults, to really reassess their life and their career. I live in New York, and I was an actress and a model for over 20 years, and I'm still in that field. But my industry was annihilated overnight. So I was home with my children and trying to teach them and um, support them through their learning. But I had an opportunity to really stop and say, am I living my passion? Is this really what I was meant to do? And the answer was a resounding no, to be honest. It's something I've been doing for so long, and I have been successful at it in my own right. But I recognized during that time, it was the time where we had quiet to reassess. I wasn't running to work and castings and auditions. And I had time alone to be still and be quiet and say, is this what I was meant to do? So the answer for me was no, this is not my life's passion. Another way of thinking of it is, is this how I want to be remembered? Is this the legacy I want to leave behind? That's another way to ask yourself that question. So like I said, the answer was no. So I started doing work on myself and I embarked on this journey of self-discovery and say, okay, what is it I want to be doing? What is it I want my imprint to be in the universe, in the planet, in life? And it really, what kept coming back to me was, I want to inspire and motivate people and children. And how do I do that? So asking myself a lot of those questions and doing the work really led me on the journey of going from actress and model to author and presenter and speaker. And that's really where I'm at right now. And it's been an incredible journey. 
And for you to realize that those like you weren't happy is something that takes critical thinking. And it's something that many people try to avoid nowadays, where it's <laughs> where it's like they say, you know what, I know I'm not happy. I know I have to change something, but they don't do anything about it. They literally just take what they get. So if something bad happens in their life, oh, well, this is my life. And then we get into that mentality of many people saying this word or this phrase, this is just who I am. So they just allow fate to kind of take over rather than them taking action and putting action into their life. I understand that getting out of your comfort zone is going to be a huge turmoil or a huge deal for the brain because the brain doesn't want that. The brain wants easy, it wants simplified. And so now we're getting into the realm of getting out of our comfort zone. We know our gut instinct is telling us to do something more, but we have something else in our brain triggering us saying, yeah, I know you want it, but I'm not helping you or I'm not going to help you or I'm not pushing you. What was that for you getting out of that comfort zone, getting into your fear zone and then getting into your growth zone? I love that question. I completely agree with everything you just said. We are comfortable with familiarity, whether it's our routine, our friends, in our relationships. A lot of people want to get out of a certain relationship, but they're comfortable being with the person that they've been with for 20 years or two months or two years, whatever it is. What I did is looked at what my routine was, what I was doing and what I was putting out into the universe. And I said, I want this change. How do I go about it? So I start, I think a lot of times, like what's really frightening is you hear a lot of thought leaders say, take massive action. And I was getting, I got certified in a lot of different courses Mm -hmm. over the last few years. And that massive action, I mean, it's great in theory, but it scared the bejesus out of me. I was like, I can't, I I can't take massive action. I I can't even get out of bed right now. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how to support my children through this remote learning. So what I did was I started saying, okay, what are small steps that I can take? Because anything massive is fearful and people want to stay away from fear. That's how we're built. We don't want to go into danger or into the unknown. So I think when you start from me, I made myself comfortable by saying, okay, I'm going to start small. If I had said to myself, Michael, oh, I'm going to you know, make a career change. I'm going to become an author. I'm going to write a book. I would have been paralyzed. That's the reality for most people. And that's why I say to people, don't start massive. Start small. What can you do today that's something different? I'm not saying quit your job. Most people can't afford to do that. It's not realistic. So I start with a list and sometimes it's as small as, you know what, think about how you get to work, change, what can you change in your commute? What can you change in your diet? Some people are like, think of like your big goals. It could be, I want to change career. I want to lose weight. I want to get out of this bad relationship. So those are big things. And for most people, they're not tangible. So what I say is pull back and write down, literally make a list right now. I'm such a list maker. I journal, I make lists on my phone and my notebooks. So make a list to all your listeners, write as even if it's one thing, if you can name three or four or five, great. But even if it's one thing, what I start doing when I'm driving around in my neighborhood, I start going down different streets. And this might sound so small, but that's what I love because I'm like, I never take this route. And I'm like, wow, I never knew this was here. I never stopped and drank and, you know, had a coffee at this place before. And you start meeting new people and seeing different faces and seeing, you know, different things that you were not aware of before. So many people are on autopilot. I know other educators, people that teach They wake up the same time every day. They go down the same block. They have the same parking spot. So what I'm saying is walk to work, maybe take the bus, you know, maybe start jogging before work, whatever it is, like switch things up, go to a new gym, you know, have a date night with yourself. For me, I was married for over 20 years. And then all of a sudden I was in a place where I was leaving the marriage getting separated. And I was like, 
I came from a big family. I'm one of six kids. And I was like, holy shit, like I am not used to being alone. I don't know what to do with myself. And I'm like, I started saying, you know what, Eleni, you're going to have your own date night or day date, a daytime date. So what I did is I put time on the calendar and I literally would go, this is a very scary thing for someone who comes from a big family, very, you know, seemingly outgoing. And I would dine alone. And I remember my ex-husband saying, you'll never do that. You'll never last. So that's what I would do. I would ask your listeners to ask themselves, what is something that you're afraid of doing? What is something other people say? Other people would say to you, you'll never be able to do that. I made, I found a lovely restaurant. I made a reservation for one. They literally said, what, how many people are joining? And I'm like, it's just me. And they're like, oh, you don't need a reservation. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so used to making reservations for groups and parties. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to show up. So I chose the restaurant and I showed up and they were like, how many? And I was like, it's just me. That was a big step. So I started doing things like that. I would make a list and then I started checking them off. Check it off. Check it off one by one. And then I look back and I realize I was stepping out of my comfort zone. And those little baby steps lead to big steps. I know you have an infant at home. So it's like taking baby steps and then you start to build confidence. And the other thing I started doing was once I look back in my journaling and checking off those boxes. And what I love to do now, everybody has an iPhone and devices is I look at what's today's date. I go back six months ago. I love to go back a year ago today. Where was I? What was I doing? I literally open up my phone and say, wow, look at how far I've come. So that can be really powerful. It can give us confidence. It could give us the awareness to say, I have the ability to get out of my comfort zone. I have the ability to grow. Once you start doing that, it gives you the confidence to start taking bigger steps. So, and it gives us the foundation. And I think that that's the beginning. I think a lot of people get caught up in the big steps and I say, start small. And in the motivational speaking world, like for example, Tony Robbins, he says, massive action, you have to take massive action. And I agree with you. Sometimes massive action is not going to be appropriate, especially if someone has never taken massive action before. Because now the brain is like, yeah, I'm not going to do all this work. You have lost it and I'm not going to produce. So what happens is we start something, but then we don't finish. That typically happens around New Year's time. We say we have a goal. We're going to go to the gym five days out of the week. And we try to jumpstart our life only to fall back to our old routine. But if you start small and you make it approachable, it starts to kind of encroach into your routine slowly, but surely think of like a vine in your garden, whether it be watermelon, cantaloupe, cucumber, those are vine plants where they move along and they slowly get to where they want to be similar to our goals. We have to think that way because we don't have to say, okay, well, I want to lose 50 pounds. And then tomorrow we lost 50 pounds, probably unhealthy. So we want to find a way where we can do it effectively, but then also in a way where our brain is not shocked and saying, wow, like, I don't really want to do this. What I tell people when it comes to fitness, then we're going to like tie everything around is we don't look at the scale per se. We weigh ourselves two times every single month. We don't weigh ourselves every single day. We weigh ourselves on the first and the 15th, and we take a picture once a month. So on the first, you can take a picture or the 15th, whichever day you prefer, but you only need one picture. So you take a picture on month one, month two, month three, we delete month two, and then now you have a picture from month one and three. You can see the change. The brain sees that, right? They have to see the change. Otherwise, it's kind of like, it's pointless. I find that people who don't do the picture thing for fitness, around six months, they're like, it's not worth it. Like I'm going to the gym, I'm sore, I'm tired, but they don't really see the results. But if they took a picture on month one and then looked at month six, they would see it. So similar to how you look six months back on your iPhone, you can see how much growth you've made. And when you start to see that growth, you actually get like those endorphins running in your head, like, wow, like I'm doing this. And that's a good feeling for you. 
And you like that feeling. And guess what happens when you like something? You want more of it. So then you are daring now. You might not have massive action yet, but you're daring to try new things, things that have scared you before, that fear zone. And loneliness or being alone is one of the most powerful things a person can master. If you can learn how to be by yourself and be content and be happy and be fulfilled, you are a powerful person. And many people are so in the realm of human to human, peer to peer, where it's like they don't want to go to a restaurant by themselves. They don't want to go to the movies by themselves because they think they look weird. And I remember, I think I was like 15 or 16 when I went to a restaurant by myself and then movies followed after that. And then it was just like, I learned how to be alone because I knew something in my life that the path that I was going to go on was going to be very, very lonely. And it was, and you have to be okay with being alone. And I remember every weekend I would go for a hike after I did my five days of teaching, I would go for a hike either Saturday or Sunday or both, depending on what I wanted. And then I was going by myself for a little while. And then I was like, you know what? I want to get a companion. And I always wanted a dog of my own. We had two dogs growing up, but it was like a family dog. So I said, I want to get my own dog. I want to train it myself. It's going to be the perfect dog. And sure enough, it was. So her and I would go hiking every Saturday. And I think the first hike we did, she was probably like eight weeks or 10 weeks old. And we did like a 10 mile hike and a little puppy you would think can't do a 10 mile hike. She stayed with me the whole entire time. Now, as soon as she got in the car, she passed out. (laughs) (laughs) And then what's even better is that- I would have passed out too. (laughs) And then what's even better was I brought her home. And then she slept for like 24 hours. Like she didn't even like need to go to the restroom. She was just like out cold. And then I remember my mom seeing her. She was like, what do you do to the dog? I said, we just went for a little hike. And then she got acclimated to that 10 mile hike where she looked for it every single week. And she was a high energy dog, still is. I find that people just need to find something that they can get energy in. So if you like to craft, for example, we're not saying to open up a Shopify store and to have an arts and craft website to start something small, right? And then maybe do a garage sale. Or if you are religious, you can have something in your local church where you can have a little shop where you start small and then you build from there. Many people think they have to do the whole thing first. And then after they're in a frenzy trying to get everything in line. And I think people prefer their comfort zone because they don't have to do anything, right? Everything's already there for them. Like if you look at her home, perfect example of her comfort zone, typically, sometimes you can be in a bad situation, but typically your home is going to be your place of retreat. A friend might call and say, hey, you want to go out? And you're like, no, not tonight. And you stay home. And so there's so many opportunities out there in the world that many people are not taking because they choose to stay in their comfort zone. Oh, I could not agree more. I love what you said. It was so profound, Michael, because I never learned to be alone. It's something that I had to work on and it made me very uncomfortable. That's part of getting out of our comfort zone, right? And I think that self-awareness is so key because once we start recognize, okay, what is this feeling? It's uncomfortable. I have actually learned to embrace that feeling, because that's when I know that I'm growing and that feeling is going to bring me growth. So like you said, with the working out, of course, we're sore. We're not feeling great in that moment, but later on our genes fit us better. And like the endorphins and all that is a great feeling. But like what I'm training myself to do is say, this is uncomfortable. This is not my norm. I'm feeling anxious. That's okay. And I'm going at my own pace and getting comfortable with that and recognizing that there will be a reward later on. Like even a lot of these things, like, you know, when I started doing podcasts, I had to buy new microphone, new equipment. I'm like, I'm not used to this. I don't know if it's going to fit in the house. Uh, It's so expensive. I can't do it. Do I really need it? I was looking for excuses not to do it, not to move forward, not to grow. And that's what most of us do. We look for obstacles and there are so many obstacles, but it's a choice. So you're going to say, oh, I don't want to bring this new equipment. I don't want to invest time in a new relationship or in a new career. 
or I don't want to see what it's like. I don't want to go down that new path. I don't want to take that walk by myself. It's like, I, I started going on hikes by myself. I got lost one night, Michael, and I called my brother and I was like, I don't know where I parked. You have to come and get me. This is scary. I was a single mom. I was a single woman. I was not out with my children. I was out by myself. And I was like, this is really frightening. And I was like, wow, you're growing, Eleni. You're growing. It's okay. Like, keep on, keep on. And I was pushing myself. And I remember just to give you another example, because stories really, different stories resonate with different people. I recently, last year in the summer, had there was tropical storm Elsa in New York. And I was on vacation with my children. And you talked about like our home being our comfort zone and space for most people. I came home, Michael, from our vacation in North Carolina, and I opened up the front door and my entire house had come apart at the seams. My comfort zone and my safe place, literally what happened was we have a balcony on the top floor and the drain became obstructed. Mm -hmm. And because I was away, the water sat there and it backed up and backed up and it just started trickling down the house from the roof, from one floor to the other, to the other. And the entire house from the balcony to the floors, to the ceilings came apart at the seams. If you could just picture the ceilings caved in, the floorboards from the wood were swollen. I had to completely do my house over. I mean, it literally brought me to my knees. I was like, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to, do this and get through this. I had just gotten through my divorce. And I was like, oh, here's a new chapter in my life. I have a new career coming out of, you know, um, my marriage. And now I'm like, wow, the only thing aside from my two children that was familiar and safe, literally came apart at the seams. And I was like, wow, I don't know if I could find my way through this. And I don't know that I could do this. And I just wanted to give up. I wanted to book a hotel room in a town where nobody knew me and just throw myself a serious pity party. I was like, I just want to get out of town and just go somewhere and just cry my eyes out. My safe space literally came undone. But what I realized now looking back is that I needed that. And I was asking for that. I'm like, this is God answering my prayers. I wanted a change because this is a space I was in with my husband. And I was like, this isn't your space anymore. And there was a lot of mixed emotions and memories tied into my home. And I was like, you know what? You wanted a new chapter. Here it is. This is a, you know, a new chapter, literally and figuratively, because I was coming out with a new book. And I was like, here's an opportunity for you to create your own space and your own place. And now when I look back, I literally had to new paint, new floors, new furniture, new everything, not by choice at that time. But now I'm like, you know what? I would have never done it by Mm. choice. I mean, this was a major renovation. The home was fairly new. It did not need that kind of work. And it was like, wow, be careful what you wish for, because I was asking for that. And you know what, Michael, I realized because I was doing work on myself and because I was meditating and because I was being still, I recognize now back then when I look back that even though my home had come apart at the seams and there were literal cracks, I was like, this is where the light's going to get in. And I was like, it makes me emotional because I felt broken again at the time. And I was like, wow, like how many more hurdles and challenges are you going to keep throwing at me? Like, I don't know what else I have left, but you know what? The human spirit is resilient. And I recognized literally within that hour, within 24 hours, I was like, okay, This is what I need to do. And this is where the light is going to get in. I think it's a Rumi quote. He's, I can't think of it word for word verbatim, but it's so powerful because the cracks are the only way for the light to get in. And that really stayed with me. And I recognized it in that moment. And now 
I have the opportunity to wake up and say, okay, this is my safe space, my safe place. I never wanted to move. My entire family, when I was going through my divorce, was like, you need to get away. You need to move far away from your ex-husband. And I knew deep down inside that it was not going to serve my children well. So it was like, I felt like I was getting run over by a Mack truck every morning because I'm very close to my ex-husband. But I knew that I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to relocate my children. I was like, I wanted their foundation, their community, their school, their childhood friends to remain the same. And I didn't want to add extra burdens on my children because I was choosing to get out of the marriage. So I knew that I was never going to leave, but that I needed a new beginning for myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I have that now, Michael. So I'm like, wow, I have this space, the new space that I created for myself and for my own personal growth to continue here in my home. And I'm still in the same home, but it's nothing like what it was before. Sometimes, like I said, little things. I think that's another powerful tip and tool for your listeners. If they could look around, because we talked about careers and relationships, but your home is a great place to start. So look around and say, oh, what can I change in my space to get myself out of my comfort zone to make it more of who I think I want to be in the future. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like little things, you know, like I want to change that couch. I want to change that carpet, that picture. It's not speaking to me anymore. So reassess, because I think that that could be really powerful. Like even for me, I went from being married to, you know, being single. And now I was like, I don't need a king size bed. I'm getting a smaller bed. You know what? I love lilac. I want to do lilac silk sheets and I want to do, you know, a chandelier in my bedroom. And I want something that has light and reflects growth. And I bought a vine online and it took me four and a half hours to put it up in my bedroom. But it reminds me a lot of what you talked about, the vines in the garden and growing things, because I wanted something in my room that was going to represent growth. And this took so long to put up. And I was like, it was worth every single second. And I did it myself. And it's a vine on my bedroom wall. And it's kind of like growing and moving along. And then it has lights on it. And I went a step further and I added flowers to the vines. And that was a painstaking process because I had to take the wires that they sell in the flower shop, some people do it with glue guns and literally do adhesive glue or, you know, use the wiring to tape the flower to each part of the light of the vine. So it's like, wow. But I look at it now and I'm like, it represents me and it brings me so much joy and so much light. And that's what I'm trying to do in the universe. So I feel like it's so symbolic. I hope that that inspires someone else. You could start with your own bedroom, your own living room, your own home, your own kitchen, whatever it is, pick something and say, I'm going to make that change. I'm going to make that adjustment. Sometimes it could be the, the paint on your wall. It could be that small. We all have that moment in our life where we will have it if we haven't had it yet, where we kind of hit rock bottom or we hit that moment where do we make a change or do we stay the same, right? Do we be daring or do we remain complacent? And for me, that happened in 2016 when my great grandmother had passed away. So I had a choice. I could stay being a teacher. At that time, I was seeing many of the teachers retire and I saw what life they had when they retired. They were in their 50s, 60s. So I was just thinking, do I want that? And I was just thinking my life was Connecticut and I'm just going to have a house in Connecticut, get my family in Connecticut, live by my family, not venture off. Well, I had an opportunity to come down in April of 2016. This is before she passed away. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, this is really nice. People were so friendly here in Texas. And I was like, I think I want to move down here, but she got sick in June. So I was like, well, I'm just going to stay up here because be close to family. Well, when she passed away, it was kind of like the chains were off now. And it's kind of like me having to go through that trauma and that healing process and then figuring out what do I do? Do I stay with my life that I had, that I built 
or do I just start all over? And it's one of the scariest things to do, to start all over in a new place, a new environment, because you don't know if you're going to succeed. You don't know all the hardships that you're going to have to go through. And I knew I was going to have to go through a lot of stuff. Even to this day, I look back and I think like, would I do it again? And it's, it's, one, of the, it's one of those things that you're like, that kind of sucked. So yeah. I, I wouldn't really want to do it again. Right. But the fact that I went through it once, it doesn't mean that I can't do it again. So I would do it again if I needed to. If my mind needed that type of shock, I basically said to myself, I need to put myself on a desert island. I need to be away from my family. I need to be away from everyone, my friends that I grew up with. And I need to start fresh and I need to determine what I want in my life. And from 2017, I spent the whole year reading personal development books, listening to podcasts, trying to get my mind in a different type of thinking. And 2017, I said, I was going to write my first book. And I said, okay, I'm going to write my first book. I'm going to be done in a year. Guess what? Year goes by, the book's not done. And I'm like, well, I was so motivated to get this book done. Um, and I had all this trauma and I listened to all these podcasts, read all these books. Why is my book not done? I realized how my brain was. So I was like, my brain doesn't like big tasks. If I can make it smaller, then I will do that first and then make it more approachable. So I started a blog. I believe my first blog came out in 2019, but I started writing the blogs in 2018. So I just had kind of like a list of blogs and I, I wrote probably maybe one tenth of the book through, you know, through that one year. But then I was like, I need to really get more of this book done. And it wasn't until actually this year that I finished a book, but it's so crazy because it only took me about four months to finish. So I wasted wow. uh, two years, basically not getting my book done because I was looking at the book as this whole big thing. But when I chunked it and I said, this is my expectation for the book or what I need to write every single week. I just have to meet the expectations every single week. It was simple for me because at that time I had already started my blog every week and I had gotten proficient at getting my blogs out. Mm -hmm. So my blogs were typically, it would take me five days to write when I first started. Then it took me three days to write. Then it took me one day to write it where I can sit down for 30 minutes and I have a three page blog. It's that quick for me now. But in the beginning, it wasn't that. So I had to get used to that. And then once I got used to that aspect, then I added other components to the business. Well, beyond meeting with people, let me start a podcast. I started the podcast in 2021, so just last year. And I never thought I was going to have a podcast, let alone I never thought I was going to have a podcast past 100 episodes because I always told myself, who listens to someone past 100 episodes? <laughs> and I would always listen to the podcast typically for about 70, 80 episodes, and then I stopped. And for good reason too, because you kind of get a good gist of what's going on. But here in coaching a session, what I wanted to do to kind of get around that was the first hundred episodes was primarily me speaking. And now I'm having primarily people come on who are coaches, people who have went through struggle or trauma and have something to give to the world, whether it be a nugget of gold, a bit of wisdom, whatever it be, we're here to have people see other people's experiences in their life. So they can say, I had a similar situation to that. And they can learn from it because wisdom is one of those things that many people take for granted. They think that they could just read a book and they know things. Kids, teens especially, get this type of mentality. They get a bunch of knowledge from all their life, their whole life. They're now 18. They think they know everything. I know. I have teenage boys. So exactly. I... So they think they know everything. And then they, they are like, well, I don't need mom or dad's advice anymore. I know what to do. I have my friends and I'm good to go. And then they finally are going to experience some type of hardship toward their work career. If, if they do that, or if they go to college, they experience some type of trauma and then they grow from it, right? So we grow from our challenges and many people are afraid to fail. And, and that leads us to why are we so afraid to fail, right? And I understand failure doesn't feel good, but what is on the opposite side of failure? It's growth, it's success. And many people will probably say that they want growth, they want success in their life, but they're not willing to go past that fear part in order to get it. Yeah, I agree. I love what you just said. I love that before you began your book, I feel like your blog was the precursor to the book. It's actually, you did what we're talking about, which is I can't take massive action. I'm scared to take massive action. Most of us are, unless you're Tony freaking Robbins and I adore him. I've been following him my entire life. 
but take a baby step. And the blog, I feel like was a precursor to your book. And I just want to share with your audience, and I share this openly and willingly, it's in the back of my book. And I made sure my publisher included it. It took me eight years to write my book, eight years. So people see me now and they're like, oh, she's an actress and a model. And now she's an author and an entrepreneur. And like, it's seemingly overnight. This is why I dislike social media so much. It didn't happen overnight, people. Nothing happens overnight. And for me, it was an eight-year journey. I actually, Michael, had a publisher. I had an illustrator. I had a contract. I had made a deposit. I had invested time and money. And I lost it all because guess what? That's when my marriage, that's when the shit really hit the fan. You know, it literally like, just like you think, oh, someone made it overnight. My entire life changed overnight. In in one day, I was like, I lost my, it, it, we say it's one day. It's never one day, right? This was a long time coming. But what happened was I had a deposit. I had a book. I had an illustrator. I lost all those things because I lost myself. My identity was attached to my ex-husband, to the fact that I was his wife, you know, what we were doing together collectively. And then once that break started to happen, I was like, who is Eleni? Who am I? What am I doing in my life, in my world? And I honestly, I didn't have the confidence to do anything without him. And that saddens me because I wish I could talk to that little girl. And she wasn't so little because I'm 52 now. It wasn't like I was, you know, 20 years old. I wasn't that young. But in my mind, you know, I felt like a child who had lost their way, who had lost their leader, who had lost their support, their lifeline, their oxygen, their everything. I didn't know who I was going to be and who I was going to be able to support my children and my family without this man. And honestly, I realize that that's resonating with so many people. So if I can empower a woman or a man, anybody, any person, of course, children are not in this position, but if I can empower any adult to find you know, their own self-worth, their own self-value, that would keep me going until my last day and my last breath. Because I have overcome obstacles that to me were unimaginable. And I didn't think that I was worthy of writing a book or speaking to anybody. I didn't have that self-confidence, that self-esteem and that self-worth. And that was shocking to so many people because externally they're like, oh, she's a pretty face. She's an actress. She's a model. She's done film and television. I was on billboards. I mean, so you see that person up there and you're like, wow, they're confident. They're living the dream. And, you know, pretty people don't have worries or hardships. It's so not true. And, you know, just because you're easy on the eyes, it doesn't mean you have self-esteem. And people would literally say to me, wow, you're a model and you had the model life and the model marriage and the model. And I'm like, you know, these people don't know what they're talking about because they were judging a book by its pretty cover, whatever you want to call it. We tell people, don't judge a book by its cover. I was getting judged by my cover every day and I still do. I actually am working um, at elementary schools and I had an administrator say to me, oh, I love your children's book. And she's like, I don't think people are going to buy books from you. I don't think you're really going to resonate with parents because a lot of them are struggling and they need someone who has had struggles. And I was like, just jaw dropping, like stunned. Like, I can't believe you just said that to me. I'm a middle-aged woman, a single mom. I'm like, anybody who's lived, you know, as long as I, I don't know anybody, Michael, who has, you know, gotten to 50 or 52 years old or whatever, like middle age, right? Without having some sort of struggle. I can't believe that one human being looked at me and said, oh, you haven't had struggle in your life. You're not relatable. Like, I feel like we all have had struggles. Are we all sharing them? Are we all portraying them? Not necessarily. 
And that's why I included that in the back of my book. There's actually a picture of me with my children. I asked a friend who was a photographer to take a picture of me and my kids back then. I included a picture of myself with my children in 2014. That's us right there. When I first wrote the book, when I had my first contract. And, you know, in 2021, this is now. So we'll see it now. I share this all the time. And the kids love it in the classroom. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, don't give up on your dream. You could do it even if it gets hard. But adults, it's really resonating with adults because they're like, oh, her marriage, you know, fell apart and she was trying to find herself and she switched careers. And like, how did you do all that? And it's really speaking to people. I have other people who come up to me and they're like, Eleni, I've been wanting to write this book. Like, how do I start? What do I do? And I'm like, you know what? Don't tell yourself I need to write a book. Don't tell yourself I need to be a bestseller. I feel like it's again, just peeling back the layers and starting small. I said to this one woman who I work with, I said, I feel that everybody has a story in them. Don't tell yourself you're going to write a book. Just start writing down. Like, what do you want to share? What, just start journaling. Just start blogging like you did. And then things start to build and grow. And then, you know, when you look back, you're like, wow, I don't think I could have ever done this. So start with something small like a journal or a poem or start drawing and just journaling, I think is so powerful. And you said so many great things there. People tend to cover up all the bad things, whether it be with a substance or just ignoring. So they might have a bad relationship, a bad career, and they just ignore it. They're like, well, you know, whatever. And they just keep on going. And when they have that type of ignorance, let's call it that, they see other people for just what they are on the outside, not on who they are on the inside. So they're looking at you and they see a wonderful person. She's pretty. She has all these wonderful things that maybe now they're comparing them to you that they don't have. Right. So now your life is automatically magical. It doesn't matter on what's on the inside because they ignore what's on the inside. So they're not looking to see what's on the inside for you. They're looking only on the outside because for them, if they can appear to be someone functional, that's good enough for them. Many Instagram models, that's what they do. They will get all these snaps and all these likes and they will create this fantasy world for all of their followers so they can get that appreciation from all the comments saying, wow, you're so lucky. And they get that moment. But when they really look on the inside, they realize that they're alone, that they don't have what they're portraying that they have. And this was, I think, a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe like two years ago, where it was an Instagram uh, model, a lot of followers, and everyone loved her, right? Everyone thinks she had the perfect life, but she was suffering from depression. Just because you see someone snapping photos and everything seems hunky-dory, it might not be. We as people, we do have to understand that everyone is going through their own turmoils. Everyone is going to have to go through hardship in their life. doesn't matter who you are. You will have a day, a moment, a year, whatever it be, where your world is kind of turned upside down and you better figure out how to acclimate to that change. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people choose not to acclimate. So they stay where they are. They stay in their negativity and they try to bring the people around them down too. And what I do with this business, and I don't know like, like how much you looked into the business, but Revin is just never backwards. It's just never backwards because you're going to have people telling you all the time, Eleni, you can't write a book. Eleni, no one's going to buy your book. Eleni, you're not going to be anything more than what you are right now. So just sit down, be quiet, be a good girl and enjoy the rest of your life. And people did say that to me. I literally had people who were like, oh, I'm going to introduce you to someone who wrote a book and she can mentor you. And I'm on the phone with this person who wrote a book and she's like, don't expect to sell. Don't expect to make a living. Don't expect to, you know, um, be on, you know, on certain platforms. Don't expect, and, and I was like, wow, this is your mentoring session. I'm like, this is, you're inspiring me. I'm like, this is not very inspiring. 
And yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Most people will put you down and, you know, bring their negativity. And I just redirect. I don't allow people with that kind of energy in my space anymore. I have literally, you know, changed friends and changed where I, you know, it could be where I work out, where I drink my cup, because I do not want to be associated with those people or have that kind of negativity around me. I think it sucks the life and the passion out of us. And that's why I feel so blessed to be here with you because I love what you're doing and your podcasts and your story. And I think it's so powerful. And I think that sharing these stories and sharing the mistakes and the wisdom, it's all how I feel like the tide rises all boats. And most people don't have that mentality. Most people want to bring you down. And they're quietly hoping your book doesn't become a bestseller because if it doesn't, it makes them look bad. I've gone to librarians in schools and asked if I could gift my book. And they're like, I always wanted to write a book. You wrote a book? And I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, yeah, I wrote a book. And then sometimes I start to feel like, okay, I need to dial it down. I need to play small. I need to dim my light. And my mom taught me to do that from a very young age. And it's one of the worst lessons I ever learned from my mother. And I love her dearly. We just got back from my book tour in Montana. I had my mom with me. We're very, very close. However, she taught me, Michael, that whatever was going on, whatever my blessings were, I needed to keep them under wraps. Mm -hmm. I remember when I started my uh, career in modeling and acting, I didn't know anybody in the business. I didn't know what I was doing. And I found my way rather quickly. I'm not going to lie. Out of the gate, I you know, started getting successful. And I remember my mom saying to me, don't tell anybody. And I'm like, I, you know, at one point I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, back then when I started my career, I was like, you know, 30 years old. And at one point I had eight national commercials running and we didn't have all the channels and all the cable and all the platforms we do now. And I was like, I'm on every major network. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'm on every, I remember flipping channels and I was like, there's one of my commercials. There's one of my commercials there. And I was like, she's telling me, don't tell anybody. Don't tell them what you did. Don't tell them what you're doing. Don't she would say to me, you know, don't wear that dress. Don't attract too much attention. And I was like, she always made me feel sort of ashamed of what I was doing and how I was going about it and just kind of like keep it quiet. My parents are from Greece and in Europe, there's like that evil eye, like a lot of these superstitions. I remember being in my mom's village one day and my aunt saying, you can't go out in that dress. Like I remember telling her I wasn't feeling well. And she was like, you can't go out of the house. She was like, don't wear that. And she kept me inside and she was doing all these. I was like, oh my God. I was like, what is going on? And so I had to undo all of that because I was like, I am proud of my accomplishments. I belong here. I have major imposter syndrome that I grapple with till this day. And I remember when my books, my publisher first sent me my books I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do a book opening or unboxing. Those videos are really popular. I'm going to set up the camera and I'm going to post it on Instagram. And, you know, I had an outfit picked out and made sure the house was like nicely lit. And I was like, I can't wait. And I had in my mind, like in my mind's eye, an idea of what it was going to be like and what, and it was nothing like what I had envisioned or hoped for. I was so plagued with imposter syndrome that I was frozen and I could not open up the boxes. It makes me so emotional to even think about it because it wasn't that long ago. And I was like, wow, this is the video that I should post because I literally turned the camera on myself, Michael. And I was like, what's going on? Like, what is wrong with you? You can't even open the box. You know, okay, you have this outfit picked out and everything is seemingly perfect. And this is what you wanted to put out into the world. And I was like, here you are. You can't open the box. You can't even look at the books. It took mm -hmm. me days, days to even open the box and take the book out because 
I had to undo a lot of that mindset and that negative talk. I call it, and, and this is like a lot of Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, they talk about it like my inner villain. So if some of you, if that's relatable to some of your listeners, it's that negative voice. We all have it. And in, in some points in our lives, it's louder than other times. Mm-hmm. And at that point in my life, I had done a lot of work on myself and I felt like, oh, I was in a good place and I was ready to embrace this new chapter in my life and that I was a published author and all those things. And here I am and I'm just stuck and frozen and scared, shitting my pants, Michael. And I was like, what the bleep, bleep, bleep is this? I thought I had overcome this. Nope. I feel like What I've learned is we all are a work in progress. And if you really want to truly grow, guess what? That never ends. It never stops. When we're living, we're growing, we're thriving, right? When we're trying to become our best self, when we're doing the work, Michael, right? We're not talking about when we're in our complacency, when we're in our very comfortable comfort zone. We're not talking about that place. We're talking about when we're trying to serve and impact and leave a legacy, right? Like you went from Connecticut, holy crap, to Texas, like, wow, mind-blowing and everything else that you're doing, right? So when we're doing those things and taking those leaps, but we have to remember, again, we didn't, they didn't happen overnight, right? You're taking those baby steps, taking those baby steps. So here I was, it took me eight years to finish my book. and. I couldn't even open the box when it finally arrived at my doorstep. So it took me time to go back and say, you earned this, Eleni. You're an author now. Put on your big girl panties. These are author panties. You've never worn them before. So it took me time to start embracing that chapter and literally that book and figuratively, but also just giving me I I said, I turned off the camera. I was like, I need to just embrace and acknowledge where I'm at. I'm not ready to open it. But I started working on, I deserve this. I earned it. And I'm doing it in my own time and at my own pace. Because if I went, if I turned on my phone, I checked out, Michael. I call it my digital detox. I had to turn everything off because if I go on Instagram, I see all these other authors and all these other speakers and all these other people doing incredible things. And then I feel like, oh my God, I'm so behind and I'm so unworthy. And I'm so, and a lot of times that's what social media can do. And that's why I think people should detox from all of it. And I did that. I just turned everything off and I got really still and really quiet. And then once I get centered and I start meditating and I start self-reflecting, that's when I get in touch with who I am and what I have to bring my own unique voice and gift that I want to share with the universe. And once I'm aligned with that, then I feel like I'm unstoppable. And that's when I was ready to open up that box. But isn't that like just incredible and shocking and stunning. I don't know, maybe it's not like surprising to you, but so many people, they'll see my headshot and they're like, oh, she's an actress and a model. Those people are outgoing and those people have no problem posting videos or, you know, pivoting and, you know, they're fearless. It's not true. We're all fragile. We're all vulnerable. There's so many components that a person has to understand before they can look at someone on the emotional level. And that requires years of education, years of practice. And for me, it was something that I got pretty naturally. So it was like, I was always a natural educator, but those people who only seen the outside, they're going to be the same teachers or the same administration who look at children and they say, this kid is going to be nothing. Those are going to be the same people. And we just have to understand that what they do is what they do, but what we do is what we do. And there's three types of people. And this is one of my first blogs. There's going to be people who are anchors in your life. There's going to be toxic people that you don't really want in your life. And then there are going to be people who like light you up. Those are the embers. And you have to decide who are those people in your life. That's like one of the first steps that we do here in coaching and session here at Reverend Concepts is we figure out who are we bringing along? And then we decide why are we bringing them along? And then how are they going to help us? Or what are they doing that are going to 
slow us down or deter us. So if you have a person who's being negative saying you can't do something, you put that person in a special corner and you make sure you don't go in that corner. Then if you have people who are anchors, then you might enjoy their company. They don't really lift you up, but they don't bring you down. Maybe you can hang out with them on every weekend or once a month. That doesn't necessarily matter. But then you're going to have people who want to spark something inside of you, who see your worth, who see your struggle, and they want to help you in any manner, whether it be just an ear listening or some type of action helping you along that way. Because if you had a friend saying, hey, let's open up this book and let's go to the library right now, that's an ember. Versus if someone's saying your book is never going to sell, that's a toxic person. So the two spectrums, right? We have one person that we don't want to be around and one person that we want around that is going to help us, push us, elevate us. So we do have to be very careful. And peer-to-peer acceptance is so big. We learn this, we're conditioned from high school, especially high school. It happens a little bit in middle school, but it really peaks in high school where we think that is what we need. We need to be accepted. We need a hundred thousand Facebook friends, or we need all these. I don't even have a hundred. I think like yeah. After this, I'm gonna friend you. So so you have one. Oh, you're so. (laughs) It is a journey. It is a journey. And what I will say for anyone kind of going through the same struggles that you had is to just start to maybe add an affirmation. Right. It doesn't have to be a big one. For example, you got the book. You had the box. You open up the book, regardless of what the world says to you. I did this. Just say, I did this, right? And I'm going to do more, right? Just say something like that. So you're sparking that engagement. I did this and I'm going to do more. I'm going to write another book. I did this and there's so much more that I have to do. And you just tell yourself, you're just motivating yourself to keep on pushing. And all the things that you spoke about today, I actually covered on my Motivational Emotion Season 3 video series on YouTube. It's only on YouTube. It's not on a podcast. So if anyone's interested in what we kind of talked about and all those little areas, we we talked about a lot of areas, but season three talks specifically about most of the things that we talked about today. So it's like a three minute video for each of them. I think it's like 24 episodes. So it's a quick watch, but it's so powerful because then you can really start to ignite your mind to not allow negativity or people who are downers to really influence your life. You decide what you want in your life. And if you want something more, go get it. If you want to stay where you are, then you don't have to do much work. You're already there. So you just have to either get to that point where you're like, I'm not happy, or you just maybe are in that realm of, well, I can't change. And then you stay there. But I know for a fact, if you want to change, you can. If you need help for change, of course, going to RevanConcepts.com, getting a coach, speaking with Eleni, getting that motivation you need to get out of your way of thinking is going to be very important for you to get to that next level, right? And it doesn't require massive action. It requires small steps and approachable steps too. So we don't scare you. We don't want you to feel like, oh, this is too big of a task for you. Or if you're a traditional type of mindset, like your mother, we are acting how it was rather than the world we're living in today, because the world that we're in today is open for you to fly free. And you just have to decide to spread your wings and fly. And many people choose to stay grounded and shackled. So it's so much more to that. I know you and I could talk all day long. We could. (laughs) So, but what I want from you is to give us a few last words and it could be about anything, be about your book. It could be about what we spoke about. And then after, please tell people where they can find you. Absolutely. So I love the fact that you mentioned affirmations. I definitely implore people to do that because I do it daily. And if you do, and I do it in the mirror, I think that's so powerful. I do it all the time, (laughs) but I think it's important to do it in the mirror and first thing in the day, because you become your own biggest cheerleader. And so many things you said resonate with me. Like it's a lonely journey. Like you don't need followers with you. You don't need likes. You can just, when you get comfortable being on your own and saying, this is what I'm doing. I know what my light and my mission is, and I will continue to impact lives. And when you look in the mirror and you start practicing the affirmation, so write down like one sentence or two, I have like four or five that I use daily. Then I start with, I am smart. 
I am worthy. I think because my I grew growing up, my dad always said, you're stupid. You're not the smart one. You're not going to amount to anything. So I'm one of six kids and they all set the bar very high and they're all accomplished in their own way. And I'm like, wow, I'm never going to be able to amount up to them or, you know, do what they're doing. So for me, it's like I'm my own person. I'm running my own race. And then just use the affirmations that are going to feed you to get there, I think is so big. And I feel like if you start to learn to love yourself and have self-worth, it will serve you in every endeavor, Michael. It's like if you want a better relationship, if you want to switch jobs, if you want to um, lose weight and start loving your body the way that it is and love yourself the way you are, you're unique and there's nobody else like you. I think that's, that's the most powerful gift that you could give yourself. So, you know, starting there, I think is, is a great place. And actually that's part of my book uh, is called Picky Patrick and it promotes social emotional learning. And this is a great gift to give to children. It's something I wanted to teach my kids growing up. So it teaches self-love, self-acceptance, self-awareness, like looking at your life and saying, you know what, maybe it's perfectly imperfect. Maybe everything I have in my life is all I need and, and be grateful for what you have. And I think that that's a powerful message. That's the message I'm trying to spread to children and parents and caregivers and, and the entire universe, anybody that will listen. So, um, my website is thekidswelove.com. If you go onto that website, you could type in Picky Patrick. That's the title of my first children's book. I'm also on Instagram at elenifuaxis.nyc. And then um, on amazon.com, mascotbooks.com. If you put in my name or the title of my book, Picky Patrick, which was released last month, you can find the book and you could just follow me along on my journey. Part of the reason I'm trying to post social media now, even though it's not my favorite thing to do, is to really share the journey because I'm at the beginning of the publishing book journey and kind of see where it takes me and all the mistakes I'm sure that I'm making along the way. I actually had a close friend DM me and say, not congratulations, not all the best, like this is... You, you're doing so many things wrong. If you want to message me, maybe I'll talk to you or, you know, like you're doing, you and your publisher are doing so many things wrong. You have no idea you need to, you need help and you should reach out to me. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of that. So I love what you said. You have to, like Tony Robbins says, there's power and proximity. Those people don't give them room in your mind and in your corner. Don't allow them into your space. Let's keep it just positive. And it's a choice that we make. This is what I tell children when I read my story to them, because if we could teach this at a young age, imagine the impact it will have. If I had learned these lessons when I was in elementary school, I would have gotten so much farther, so much faster. Like it's a choice. You can choose to be positive. You could choose to be negative. Understand that you have the power. And that you're making that choice every day, every minute of the day. Exactly. So if anyone is looking for a book to read or for some motivation, I encourage you to check out Eleni's social media. All her links will be in the description box below. So you can easily get her book, reach out to her, follow her on Facebook, be your <laughs> friend on Facebook, Instagram, all of those wonderful things, because she does have a story and she does have something to say. And when people go through that challenge or they go through that struggle and they finally get to that realization in life, they have that wisdom that I have and that many other coaches have that they want to instill onto other people because you can even hear it in that last phrase. If I knew this when I was younger, I would be so much further ahead. And that's wisdom working, where if we understand what can make us better and then we try to help the next generation of children coming up, because those are going to be our future leaders. Those are going to be the people that one day that we look up to, even though right now we're looking down in the figurative sense where they're just smaller, but one day they're going to be in power. So why not equip them with having a choice, having a strong mindset? And it starts with, again, making sure you surround yourself with good, positive people, and then filling your mind with good conversation, 
And then also conversations from other people, whether it be a podcast, reading a book, and then really getting a good understanding of what you can do. Because if you can make the choice to go to that higher road and to that higher self, you won't be disappointed. Thank you so much, Eleni Fuaxis, for coming on Coaching Session. Great conversation today. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching that interview with Eleni Fuaxis and myself. As always, we want to share this episode to get more people listening to this great content. Yes, getting out of your comfort zone is going to be important because if we stay there, then we can't grow. And we're trying to get into that state where we're growing, where we're being better, where we become better. And sometimes the people that we have around us might not be congruent to our goals and to our dreams. And we have to be very picky in who we keep around us. And sometimes you have to make that rough choice. It might be a parent. It might be a sibling. It might be your best friend. But if they're not helping you reach a new place in your life or helping you get to that place that you want to be or they're taking from you so it's stopping you from getting to that place, you have to make that hard choice. And I understand it can be a lonely journey along the way to success and to glory, but you have to take that road because the alternate is going to be suffering and pain and regret. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So why do people wish that on themselves? And why do people do that to themselves? And they don't look and take the higher road. And one of the main reasons is that they choose to ignore. They choose to not push or not make the effort. We have to get into a different type of mindset where we see challenge, where we see adversary, and we say, I'm all in, and there's nothing that's going to stop me. There's nothing that no one is going to say that's going to stop me. So I can't be stopped. I won't be stopped. And never is such a powerful word. And that's why I wanted it to be part of my business of Revan Concepts, part of the name of the business. Just turning never around. We're turning that negative power around and we're making it positive power. Because if the word negative is powerful, imagine what happens when we put Revan on it. Now that same power is there. All thing we have to do is redirect it in a more positive manner rather than in a negative manner. So there's so much to mindset. What I do is I attack it on the subconscious level. And before you know it, if you listen to coaching a session religiously every single week, you're going to start to see your mind shift. And it doesn't even have to be with a mindset coach. Now, we'll tell you it's quicker with a mindset coach. I have people who get their first session with me and they're like, wow, wow, just wow. Because we move at a rapid rate the first session. And then we dial it to where you need to be because everyone has a certain threshold. Some people can be pushed more. Some people need to kind of sit back a little bit. So I get a good understanding of where you need to be on the first session. And then we talk about all these wonderful things. We give ourselves dates and then we go for them. And everyone's so in awe how we can do that in just one session. It only takes one session. It only takes one person to change your whole entire life. It can be me. It could be you. It could be another coach. But you have to decide. Do you want it? Or do you not want it? And I hope you choose the want because you deserve it. My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach. If you have any questions, you can email me, coachingaccession at gmail.com. And I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching Accession. Session. Until then, everyone, take care.